Hello everyone and welcome to the Pactify podcast. This is a podcast about management. I approach management from the perspective of how we solve problems. Organizations and their people face problems all the time. Problems or questions, if you like, related to growth, efficiency, engagement of people or even survival. To solve these problems and make progress, we create knowledge. The science of how knowledge is created, how it can grow and solve problems is called epistemology. Epistemology is a very interesting and deep set of ideas that underlie many of the hard and soft branches of management. For example, epistemology explains how we find and improve solutions to the hard problems, the problems of efficiency and effectiveness, as well as solutions to the soft problems, the problems uh, around how we can engage people in organizations. In this sense, epistemology is actually the deeper theory underneath the usual theories we have, like hard management sciences or sociology or psychology on the soft side. This interesting link between management and knowledge creation, epistemology, was the reason to start this podcast and to try to explore it further. It's a bit unfortunate that epistemology has such a weirdly sounding name, but you'll discover that it is actually simple, powerful and concrete when you apply it to everyday situations in companies. Hope you enjoy and thanks for listening. why personality tests such as MBTI or insights discovery are wrong and why that is actually a good thing that they are wrong. So we all know them, these uh, personality tests that you sometimes get asked to fill out when you're applying for a new job or when you're in a company joining a new team and there is some team building exercise that is kicked off by these personality test um, questions be it MBTI or Insights Discovery or uh, another even. There are multiple, but I guess MBTI and Insights are the two most popular ones. MBTI aims to characterize people into one of 16 possible types of behaviors and Insights Discovery does that with one of eight possible behaviors. So you fill out a whole series of questions which are typically questions where you have to comment on your typical behavior when you get a certain situation and you get uh, multiple choice type of behaviors uh, with the question of what would be your most likely behavior uh, versus what would be your least likely behavior and you have many many of these kinds of simple short questions where you have to rank or prioritize a typical kind of behavior versus another one. Um, And that's how they come to a test result, which uh, will tell you what kind of dominant behavior type you have out of 16 possible ones in MBTI and eight possible ones in Insights. Now, there are a lot of criticisms about these tests and I think I first have to say that there are a lot of bad criticisms before I will go on what I think are good and relevant criticisms. But the bad criticisms are things like, for example, saying we can be multiple types in terms of people and we do not have just one dominant type. It's a bad criticism because it doesn't explain why we have these multiple ones and why there is not one dominant one. 
So it is a bad explanation. It's only a negation of a certain extreme claim that we only have one dominant behavior type. And by the way, this is already countered by the method themselves. They always stress very clearly that people are unique and that we have behaviors that extend beyond our dominant type, but that still, uh, at least we have a dominant type. But negating that is simply a bad criticism because it's not an explanation. You have to explain then why we have multiple uh, types and not one dominant type. So that is already a bad explanation. There's a, another type of bad criticism for these methods and that is going along uh, the following lines let's take insights discovery so apparently this method was based upon the ideas of Carl Jung uh, the famous psychiatrist and one could say Jung is a weird character and has weird ideas Therefore, the method of insights discovery is not good. Actually, if you go look up Carl Jung at his Wikipedia page, you will see really a description of the kind of strange and weird ideas that he was entertaining. Uh, things like that we have a collective subconsciousness, that we can um, communicate with the dead. Um, he also brought in alchemy uh, as, as a kind of accepted uh, science. And he basically boiled that all together into uh, his method or his theory about uh, personality, about consciousness. In actually very complicated textbooks um, which take a lot of effort to even really grasp what he was saying so if you read the wikipedia page you will um, agree with me that uh, it's a very particular character and he has uh, some weird ideas but still that doesn't uh, then entail that insights discovery is a bad method it's not because or it doesn't follow logically from Jung being a kind of weird person that this method which is based upon his ideas is bad because the method may have already been evolved by other persons and made more um, let's say reality based uh, away from these original kind of weird ideas and also even weird people can have good ideas. We all always have a mixed bag of ideas and we can entertain very crazy ones, while at the same time also having very sensible ideas. So it's not, again, a conclusion or a logical conclusion that because Jung was a weird person, uh, this method uh, is not good. So far for the bad criticisms of the method. My, I think, better criticism or a good criticism is that these tests are wrong because people do not have an essence, do not have a one particular way of how they are and not several others at any moment in time. So it's not even the fact that our, we have an essence today and that it can change into another essence uh, later on. It's simply the fact that already today, here and now, we are composed of many different characteristics um, which which can turn out in behaviors that are often contrary to uh, what we just did uh, yesterday, for example. But that's simply a logical uh, fact of the idea that we have for any problem situation, multiple ideas about how to go about the problem situation and even multiple ideas that can be conflicting. We can think of the same situation, typically the questions that we get in these kinds of tests 
in terms of multiple possible ways to react. And typically we're saying, well, it depends. Well, it depends on particular things that would make us choose between one or another candidate reaction or candidate behavior. And that is normal. We constantly come up with several ideas about how to solve a situation and then we select the ones that we think best fit the situation. But we could have selected otherwise and the reason we select one way and not another one depends again on an idea that we have to create in the situation. And therefore these tests have a big difficulty to show replication because they are so dependent on multiple ideas that we create about how to potentially solve a certain situation and then also a new ID that we have to create that tells us how to choose between these multiple candidates. And so there is this replication difficulty because everything depends on IDs we have when we are confronted in a problem situations, IDs that can be many different ones, even conflicting ones, and then even requiring a third ID that tells us how to choose between these conflicting IDs. And so when we're doing these tests, uh, I don't know how many questions they ask, but there are, there, there are really many, many multiple pages. For any of those individual short questions, we will come up with potential alternative IDs for how to solve it. And then with an ID that tells us how to choose between the many candidates. But both steps require creativity, require unpredictable IDs that we will not necessarily automatically produce again when we do the test, the same identical test again later on. And that is, I would say, not not a shame. I mean, in, on the contrary, that's even a good thing. It means that people are creative, that we come up with unpredictable ideas, even many un unpredictable ideas that are internally conflicting even, and that we can come up with ideas on how to choose between those conflicting candidate IDs and why we choose that way. And all of those things are creative processes, unpredictable and hence not replicatable if we take these same tests again. And the consequence of that is that our results will always vary. They may vary slightly, but they may also vary significantly. But they will vary because there is no automatic replication of your same answers due to the fact that simply there is too much creativity required to fill out these tests and to answer all these questions. Now, there is a small complication. Sometimes people have strategies on how to fill out these tests. People want to want actually themselves to conform to a stable behavior type because that gives them the kind of knowledge that they are seeking um, and that they may find valuable. So when we fill out these tests, at least some people will want to conform to a particular fixed type and will hence answer those questions with already in mind the fact that they want to be consistent and, and come up with one particular behavior type. So they have these, they have the certainty between squares quotes that they know who they are and they know what their dominant character is. And so that is already a little bit um, painting um, a fuzzier picture um, and, and will actually convince a lot of people that these tests works. But the test works because they actually make them work. Um, they have the strategy to make them work in the sense that they want to come out of those tests with a particular stable, consistent uh, behavior type. 
that is a strategy for people who fill out the questionnaire. There are also strategies for people who use them, for example, HR people or managers. Managers want these tests also to be correct because they want to be, for example, they want to become better people managers. And they think that these methods or these tests will help them because they then will know how people actually behave and they will be able to understand behavior of people and therefore better manage them. And so that's also a strategy for people that uh, use the test that actually is driving them towards accepting that these tests must be correct. Because if you accept that these tests are correct, that serves your strategy for how to use them or for how to fill them out. So that is a confounding factor, but it doesn't take away the fact that if we genuinely and authentically and openly fill out these tests, we will come up with different answers um, every time we do them again because these re answers depends so critically on creativity. Creativity to come up with different candidate answers and creativity to come up with the idea that tells us how to select between those different answers. Now, why do I say in the title of the podcast that this is actually a good thing that these methods are wrong? Well, exactly because of that creativity, because people are creative and they can come up with any possible idea in any problem situation. And so it would be far worse if these methods were actually right and were actually consistently predicting that we are one type of behavior and not other uh, behaviors, even in similar situations and at similar moments in time of our life. That would be actually a disaster because that would be the same as saying that we can almost program people's behavior. There is no creativity, there's no unpredictability involved. Everything is replicatable. And so we would actually be the equivalent of a robot. Um, uh, people are creative, people can solve problems in ways that we cannot predict before they actually solve the problem, before they actually have the idea, create the idea on how to solve the problem and why they think that that idea will solve the problem. And so this is, again, uh, and I have to stress this, this is actually a very good um, thing that we are creative, that we're unpredictable, that we can solve problems with knowledge that we didn't create previously in similar situations even, and that we can be extremely broad in um, the way we approach problems and that we should also be broadly thinking about ways to solve problems and not always the same mechanical type of uh, predictable solutions to standard problems. And so, yes, um, there is some appeal to some people that this predictability and this mechanistic view of people are one way and not another way. Um, but it is completely contrary to what people really are. We are creative, unpredictable creatures that can show any kind of creativity in light of a particular problem situation. And again, that is the way we solve problems. That is the way we make progress. That is the way we grow knowledge. Um, and that is what companies want. Companies want people that are creative to solve problems because problems will never be exactly the same as the ones we had before. Problems are inevitable and unpredictable. Hence, you want people that are that are as creative as possible in terms of coming up with solutions, uh, solutions that solve the problems and actually good 
tests and criticisms for why those solutions are the good ones and if they're not they will come up with new ideas to improve these solutions so creativity is of the i would say highest importance in organizations and uh, sadly these kinds of tests mbti and uh, insights for example they actually downplay it to say it even a little bit uh, nicely they downplay the aspect or the role of creativity and even we contribute to the downplaying by um, wanting ourselves to conform to one of these types so we know between squares quotes uh, a little bit more about ourselves or when we use these kinds of tests um, that we want people to conform to a dominant uh, behavior because that again between squares quote makes our managerial job more easier well, I think the contrary is true uh, and overall we have to embrace the fact that these tests are wrong and understand the reason why they are wrong and the reason being that people are intrinsically creative, hence unpredictable in the way they will solve a problem in the future and therefore in the way they uh, will create ideas that solve those problems. That is what I wanted to share. Um, I hope I did not offend um, people that are fans of these tests. I invite uh, us to have a content debate around it um, and really understand or try to understand, you know, what the tests are really about and why they are showing the results that they are showing uh, and have a discussion around that. I must say that in those workshops, the valuable thing of those workshops is that actually people exchange their answers and there is this free-flowing debate about how you react to a certain situation and you hear how other people react and already there people learn from the ideas of other people, generate new ideas and all of that is of course a very val valuable uh, exercise, the, ex the, the free exchange of ideas of people. Um, but I would say as long as this doesn't uh, really is too much uh, in this uh, in, in a context of this is a test that is going to give you uh, a correct picture of your behavior. That is the claim that I would really ban from all those kinds of discussions because that claim is false. These tests are not giving you a reliable, correct picture of what you are today because you're much more than uh, one type of behavior and you're much more than that at the same time in the same problem situation even. Um, you're a creative person that generates for any kind of problem situation many, many possible ideas that can be conflicting with each other and that can each and every one of them represent any kind of type of behavior. And then on top of that, you're creative to come up with a ID that allows you to select between all of those different types of IDs that reflect all of these different types of behavior at the same time in the same problem situation again and again. So thank you for listening. Hope you found this useful and um, talk to you soon. Bye bye.